Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I am intrigued to hear from Joe about three simple ways to engage potential clients. And I love that word engage because has that connotation of connection. So I can't wait to see where we're going to go with today's conversation. So Joe Paolo has sold millions of dollars in sales in industries, including financial services, technology, and agriculture, sales coach, game-changing trainer to top producers, Joe has learned one universal truth that has been the key to his success, and that is making an emotional connection matters more than any sale made with logic. So welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks, Kim. Glad to be here. So Joe, it's your first time on the show. And I would love for you to just take a few minutes before we get into today's main topic and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business story and and how you came to learning how to make these emotional connections with people. Sure. Thanks. I'm Joe Palo. I'm uh, really good at selling nothing. So I'm in the middle of uh, writing a book, How to Sell Nothing, which we do out in July or August. And and basically, it's the relationship sale is what triggers everything to happen. There's a lot of, and and an emotion. You're not going to get anywhere until you get the client emotionally engaged. A lot of times I have people say, when you sell, what does that look like? How how does, and a a quick story is I had a client who was doing very well. He had a lot of activity, but then all of a sudden things just dropped off. And he said, Joe, I get a great first meeting. That's like, mm-hmm. if I have this first meeting, scale of one to 10, that's a 10. He's laughing at my jokes. He's asking. And he says, can you come back in two weeks? And I want to see a proposal. We've had those meetings. Two weeks come by. He's getting ready to go to the meeting. And he gets a phone call. Hey, I, get, uh, I got a kid homesick. Can you come back in another two weeks? Maybe it takes him a month to get back. And he's coming back. And, and he remembered how great that first meeting was. Where, again, he's laughing his jokes. It was great and he thinks the second meeting is going to be the same, but it's not. Mm. And it's where the client's looking at his watch or he's looking at his computer. He's not asking questions. He's not laughing. And you walk out of there. I need to think. Mm. And it never gets back. And the dreaded talking. word. Correct. Correct. And what I've struggled to and with my consulting, everyone thinks that there's a problem in that, that second meeting. What am I doing wrong? Um, is in the first meeting. Mm. We didn't catch. Um, is that making sense? And that's kind of what how to sell nothing really is based on that is how do you a relationship that starts in the first meeting carry through the second, third and fourth meeting throughout the whole day. Is that making sense? Or did that answer your question? Sort of. I want to really hear more about your personal. Oh, yeah. well, here uh, I started selling uh, books. I didn't know anything about sale. Um, I went down, I was going to school in Fargo, North Dakota and went to Charlotte, North Carolina. Didn't even have, and it was with Southwestern Advantage. And I went out there and just did what they told me to do. Work. At the end of the summer, I was in the top 5%. And then the next six years, I recruited and trained people on how to run their own business selling books. Baptism by fire. But if you can do that, everything else is easy. But since then, I've worked with a lot of sales companies. Usually it's uh, drills. Um, but that's kind of how I got to this piece. Um, how I got into consulting was a realization that we've all gone to these boot camps. So there's and we check in, we get our you know name tag and a little, and we have all these breakout sessions. We take these great notes and we have lunch, these big 
binders full of goods. And we're flying home and we're thinking, this is going to be a great idea. This is going to be a great month. I'm going to apply all this. And we're very, a Sunday night, you're still fired up about it. You wake up Monday morning and you find the, takes an hour to find a pair of socks. <laughs> and, and you lose it. And, and then you come in and you're still thinking you're going to do all this thing, but you've been out for a week. You've got some fires you got. So you dig in and, and dig out and take care of all those problems. Then it comes around and say, wait a minute, I've been out almost two weeks. I haven't. So that binder, when you come in, puts on the course and it sits there for about a week. Eventually, you put it on the bookshelf on top of last year's and we never. Yeah. So that's when I got on the consulting and where I coached 30 to 40 people nationwide in a spatial repetition. It's not just covering a topic. It's holding them accountable. That's this is a topic. Did I answer your question? Yeah, thank you. My only question is, what kind of books were you selling? Uh, they were uh, some educational books and there were some study guides and uh, some bi- Nice. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. <laughs> so what would you say was the hardest part of that journey for you? Um, it was the realization that when people are saying no to that, they're saying no to it's not you and how to not take that. Pr- yeah. I think that kind of led me to the point where if you have a good relationship with you, mm-hmm. an emotional connection, it's harder for them to say no. It's easier for them to say yes. And that's a big part of sales. That's a big part of selling nothing. It's an emotion flu. You know what? That's that's a little that's a good little gold nugget there. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs don't become entrepreneurs because they want to sell. They they become entrepreneurs, they they have this dream of time and financial freedom. And they've got these skills, talents, and abilities, but they don't realize that they have to sell. So when they start have to start to sell, all of a sudden, you know, the emotional impact of selling hit, hits in and they're like, I can't take these no's. And many of them, but what you said there was, if people took that to heart, their businesses are just going, when you realize that people aren't rejecting you. They're just saying no to the product that you're offering. I know when I realized that I spent so many years just really struggling. And when I finally realized that no's became, I know that for so many no's, I mean, for a long time, I tracked my numbers. I knew how many no's I had to get to get. And so that made no's fun because I was one no close to yes. Absolutely. I'll piggyback onto that. It's also kind of moves in the arena. If you're establishing a relationship and helping them tell you what they want and have them tell you why you want, you just sell. In other words, it's easier to sell what they want to buy versus selling what I want to sell. And maybe that was a transition that I went through when I was selling books or selling custom suits or clinics or what. Most salespeople come up with the idea of this is what I want to sell. And that's counter. Yeah. I look back, I'm talking, I want to figure out what you want to buy. And then I get, and that again goes to the relationship, helping them get what they want. Odds are you're going to get what you want. So you'll come. Love it. So Joe, I know you've come prepared with those three simple ways. So I'm going to let loose to let you teach and train on that for a bit. And uh, we'll stop and I'll ask you some questions. That sounds good. That sounds good biggest things I want to do when I'm trying to engage if they ask me 
Joe, do you do executive what? And it's natural for me to say, yep, it's what I do. It's what I do. I do it all the time. I specialize in it. I just did it yesterday. And we just go down there. And I strive to answer it differently. If someone says, Joe, do you do uh, love me? Yes, I do. But just curious why you ask. In other words, I say, what they ask is important. Why they is extremely important. And I really don't want to answer that question until I have the kind of why they asked that question. Something happened in their past to cause them to ask it. I'd like to know what that is before I answer, because my answers are zero in. They're pinpoint, they're precise, and they get more value. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're just asking you because this. Sure. It, it's, it's, there's, there's a bunch of reasons, but it, I found it every now and then there's a little other little nugget there. It's like, wait a minute. They really want to know about us. Had I answered that way, I would have missed it. Exactly. Yeah. And the other part I think that's really is we don't really let why they want. That's their emotional. It's their why. Emotions are weird and fickle things and they change all the time. Um, and I, if I'm going to have, if I'm in a selling situation, there's two sales. There's a logical sale, emotional sale. But I, let's think in terms of there's yeah. a logical, there's an emotion. Both buckets are important, but if you had to choose one, which one would you choose more? Is the emotional. Okay, and why? Because people don't make decisions based on logic. Well, generally, there, there, there are some people who do, but generally people make decisions based on emotion, not basic. Yep. Uh, and I agree. But the logic's important because it confirms the sale. And we need to, it has to, uh, but the emotional causes them to act. They're never going to engage until we uh, into, uh, in, take the next step until we get them emotionally. The logic is filled with my voice. The, it's pretty yes. much, and we know that we have marketing departments that give us all, and we present that, and we literally our words fill up that bucket. But let's talk about if you have a butter and it's full, can you put more water? No, if you do, it's kind of a waste and it's a it, it's a mess, right? If we have somebody logical, can we sell logic? That's a big, big problem or big issue with sales. We come in, it makes logical sense. We keep going. The emotion is filled with their voice. It's what they want and why they want it. My job as a salesperson, and I coach on this, is to get them to tell me why is this important. And it's getting to their voice. That's going to cause them to move. If I have both buckets, I'll get the next step. Uh, The emotional bucket is filled with all digging, digging questions. It's basically... When they say something back in my mind, well, well, why? Well, why? Well, why is, and you can't say that because that's kind of creepy and weird. <laughs> so I just mix it up and say, well, tell me more about, just curious, what does that look like? Let's say if you're a financial advisor and they say, Joe, I just want to make sure, but what do you mean? When you say comfortable, what does that mean? I'm getting their voice to fill up that emotion. Yes. That's what I need to close on in five minutes or five months or five. And it's done with what I call dig in What do you mean? What is, can you give me an example? Uh, my favorite is what? It's the two most powerful words in sales and probably the most underused. What else? Because it draws. That's what I need to close. It, it's and, funny you said what else. Um, my my husband's in, in training and part of his training, we had to read this book on mentoring and we decided to read it together. And, and that was one of the questions that was highly featured through the book is what else, you know, it's such a powerful question because it makes people dig deeper, whether it's in solving a problem, but even in sales, 
when you ask what else and they telling you what else, they're cementing in their brain why they want that thing and why it's important. Let's take that a step further. Let's just say you're talking uh, and you're going fish and you're asking these digging questions of what he means. Uh, mm. He's saying why he wants this and what his wife's hearing. He is selling her. And if I start asking her the same digging questions, he's they're making their they're filling their own lights. I don't have to do that. My job as a salesperson is to get them their voice to fill up that bucket. That's when I can come back to that example with the bucket. Uh, that quick story. I said we have a great first. You have the logical bucket and emotional bucket. They're both. We get the next two weeks or two months later, and we come back in. The logical bucket again is filled with this. It's yes. The emotion filled with their voice. That bucket has holes. Because emotions are weird and they're fickle and they change, they may not be emotionally. One of the biggest yes. things that I is I'm never going to coach, teach, speak, or until I get them in their words to fill up that emotional bucket at the. At, uh, Does that answer? Yeah. Um, go ahead. I just forgot what I was going to say, so I'll let you continue. <laughs> well, I can go on a rant, so if you have my permission to stop me if needed, don't worry. Um, no, the time. Go for it, Joe. You know, uh, but there's there's a uh, I, I kind of develop the selling piece because when you have a plan, it's like a plan. You think it's going to go a certain way. As soon as the battle starts, you throw it out. Well, it's kind of like sales. as soon as you start the sales call, it goes out the window. So this is an and it's earning E A R N I G. And if you go to convertsalesfaster.com, it's a free download. Um, Convert sales faster, a free download. But each one of those. Starts for a piece of the sale that I want to have. I want to. Um, we try to get them in order, but it, the E stands for I need to evaluate their current reality. That's your data gather. You're getting all of it. It's your fact finding. And I think a lot of salespeople are pretty good at. I mean, I, if I'm going to sell you a similar product, we can apples to apples compare. I have to ask enough questions so I know type of apple. Yeah. I'm going to show you something different. Apples to oranges. I still need to ask enough questions and all type of apples you have. So that's the E. And again, I think most salespeople can do that part. Again, this is the earning because we have to earn the right to ask for. So the E is for evaluate the current reality. A is for the advantage. I would literally say, what do you like about your current advisor, your current? And I get pushback and I'm saying, Joe, I don't know if I go down that. I'm kind of talking them into staying where they're. And I'll say, Couple reasons. There's three reasons why that's important. One, knowing that I get different results, my clients get different results because we do things different. So that's one piece. Different by you asking, what do they like about their current? You're, it screens. Kind of, I mean, yeah. you're not going to the kitchen. You're going right. And people want to do business with confident people. The third reason is when I ask, what do they like about their current advice? They're literally telling me their hot about. Yes. And I'm not going to know unless I ask that. So that's the. Wait, I'm going to stop you there for a sec because audience, this is what authority looks because we talk a lot about authority marketing on this show. That's what makes you the authority when you have the courage to ask those kind of questions and you do it confidently. That that's what it's like when you own your own self. You're you're comfortable in your own skin. That that question alone, you guys have heard me talk before about, you know, 
when you're in the selling process, having this, you know, I don't care body language. Well, guess what that question, that question creates, I don't care if you buy from me body language. And guess what? That's attractive. Oh, well, maybe if they, if they don't care about me, maybe I want them to care about me. So anyway, that was a thought that occurred as, as you were talking there. So please continue. What you said, I'll, I'll say the same thing worded differently. By doing that, you're creating what I call a buying mm. a buying atmosphere is I'm literally giving them permission to say, yeah, I'm taking all the pressure out. It's complete confidence. But by those two questions, the value of the current reality, what do they like? I'm letting them know it's not that big a deal. And that takes all the pressure out of sales. I'm a good salesperson. I'm not a high sales, high pressure. No. Yeah, and it just does, that's where all the negative comes. If you have to put the pressure on, I don't do that. Um, so E-A-R, revive. What do they want to This is the major reason why they're going to go. Um, in fact, I don't lead off, but I want to get there. And they're going to tell me what they're going to do. And I actually think as busy as we are, if I'm talking to somebody, there's a problem there. Otherwise, we would not be having this conversation. Yeah. But I want to know, what do they want to change? That's the E-A-R. The N. Just who can say no? What other key players need to be involved in this? this who are the decisions? There are some times where I'll back out of a presentation if I don't have them there. Sometimes you can't. You got to do it professionally and politely. But one of the worst things for some is to me give a pitch. And they say, Joe, I got to go talk to my boss and she'll let you know. It's like, great. Now I got to come back in and talk to her. Uh, in two weeks or two months, or worse, you're going to sell my product for me, and you're not an expert on that. And you're going to sell me for me, and you're not an expert. But I want to say, who else needs to be involved in the decision-making process? So it's E-A-R-N-I. Again, we're doing earning. If you want one, if your listeners want one idea, this is probably one you can interpret back what they just, it is incredibly powerful, where I'll say, Hey, Kim, if it's all right, I'm just going to take two minutes and just repeat back what I just heard. And I repeat back everything and evaluating the reality. And then I repeat back what they like about the current vendor and the current advisor. And then I'll say what they want to change. I'll say, who else can be? It's just magic. You'll hear like, what, Paolo, you said it better than I And I'm just repeating back their words. And I'm on the same side of the table as they are. They're like, dang it, this guy gets me. And I haven't even started selling. So it's E-A-R-N-I. The second. Nothing. What if nothing changes? This yeah. is how we get a sense of urgency. A lot of times you're just going to get up. Sir. Yeah, I've got probably in the same. I'm not going to. I'm going to say, well, when you say. What same spot, what's that? What else? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Do you see my notes? You got my notes here, don't you, Kim? Well, what else? Well, tell me more about that. And I make them kind of wallow in that pain because I need that sense of urgency to get that. Again, I don't let them slide on that. And I want them kind of a little bit annoyed because I'm asking the same question over. I'm fine with that. That's getting them emotionally. And then the is the now I can start talking about what is the pay value if you fix that. If you fix this problem and it took two hours out of your week, what would you do with that? I have not even started talking about my product. It doesn't matter. This is very transferable. That's the essence of selling nothing. Okay. <laughs> I think maybe I should put everything. You've taken everything that I've taken over 25 years to learn and you just summarized it in one. It's the <laughs> essence of selling. Wow. Wow. I love it, Joe. Just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it.
there's another level on top of this. I'm just sidebar because it, it, it this process works in, and yes. you get it. And we've got, done, done enough sales where you intuitively or mentally touched it, been through it, experienced it. And we know this is a fundamentally solid practice. This mm-hmm. um, I have my first book, the second, how to lead no one. I take this earnings and take off the word sales and put the mm. and it flows in a so yeah. that's it's, it's very transferable to uh, uh, leading people, uh, recruiting people. It's a, it's a solid way of working at it, and again, gives you a duplicatable where you know what you're doing. Because a lot of times, it's, we just wait. So yeah, no, it's funny you just said that, and I'm I'm looking at all those, and I'm thinking with possibly the exception of you could actually apply that to marriage, kids, yeah, yes. Uh, or like those difficult conversations you have to have with your spouse. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's extremely transferable. Or this is another way of, of looking at it. I use a lot of silly examples, but the examples may be even silly, but the ideas behind it are pretty solid. Um, let's say I'm having headaches and I go mm-hmm. and you wait. Whenever you get there, you tend 20 minutes in the lobby. They call your name, you graduate, you spend you know 15 minutes in the And you only get about five minutes. You know, that's just... And first time meeting this doctor, he comes in, shakes my hand, says, Joe, uh, nice to meet you, points to the plaque on the wall and says, here's where I did my undergrad, here's where I interned, to my resident here. Here's a list of the body mass index of all my patients. It's de-identified, but I got a group. And here's where we're going to build a maternity ward. It's going to rival Mayo Odo. And this is how much money we raise in the community. This goes on and on. He looks his watch. Uh, you having headaches? Why don't you call me back in two weeks? Or take some aspirin and come back in two weeks. Yeah. Our likelihood of taking that prescription is zero. Our likelihood of going back to that person is zero. Doctors can't fix you until you tell them how. I can't until they tell me how. Yeah. And I can't lead anyone until they tell me how. That's that's the essence of what the earning piece is. They are literally how to sell them and why to sell them. And that's what I do. I don't have to be good at sales anymore. I just... Joe, we're going to switch gears here because we got about five minutes left. So I want to talk a little bit about your book. So tell us the name of your upcoming book again. It's How to Sell Nothing, A Logical Way to Make the Emotional. Cool. Okay. So this is the question that I ask every published author, but I'm actually starting to ask it of the up-and-coming authors because I want people to see... Everyday people are writing. So, okay. Okay. What has been the good, the bad, and the ugly so far of getting this book ready to publish? Um, the good is I've been coaching on these principles, and it kind of feels good to get. Um, my motivation is I want to be a person of influence in as many people's lives as possible. This is a vehicle to do that. So that's kind of what started this. Um, the bat has been uh, literally writing it out and being able to sign off on say, and to be transparent. My book literally was completed, going through the second round of editing, and it sat there for a because I couldn't get through that piece. And my editor, Henry DeRay, great guy. Uh, he's at Indie Books, and he was pushing, and I just I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I figured out, I apply some of the principles that I coach on to myself, and I figured out the right way to end the book. So that we got that ironed out, and we're going that way. Uh, the ugly piece, and this is, this is for me, 
consulting for up until two months ago, I never had a website. I didn't do podcasts. This is my third podcast. I, I, I don't uh, speaking engagements. My business is thriving just because I work through word of mouth and, yes. and uh, I, I practice what I preach. I said one of my clients uh, Googled me and said, you're a ghost. I couldn't find you. And it, and it was working. And again, my business is growing. But the ugliness, when I was ready to publish that book, I did not have, I needed to get it. Well, I needed to get the Media One Sheet, which you used earlier. I needed to get practice and uh, deliver a podcast and then get the equipment. That was the ugly part because I was completely blindsided <laughs> writing. Well, and, and you know what's, what you what generally what a lot of people have said about the process? It's, it comes down to three things the right, mm-hmm. emotionally being able to let go of that book. Mm-hmm. And the marketing, the promotion, the fact that you've now just poured your heart and soul out into this. You feel like, oh, I'm finally done. And then you realize it's only just beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I was completely unaware of those things. And, and now once you get aware, we're addressing them. And like I said, I'm making progress. But kind of hit me from left, left field, I know. Most people don't. Most of the clients that I work with, you know, we have these discussions as as we as we work with them because I know it's. I can I can almost tell you because just about every single client within a certain time range will hit that spot where you did. Where I just I can't move forward. I see it coming because I've worked with enough clients, and so we I have now have these proactive conversations. Um, because I can see where the stall is going to happen. And you know what? It's funny. It's usually just with the first book because once you've gone through the process, once you're like, okay, okay, I know what's going on in this book. You're like, yeah, this is, it's sort of like, do you kids, Joe? I got four, yes. So do you remember with the first one, like everything is like you had to be so, I can't drop, drop this kid, you know, and I remember you know, with our first, you know, they handed my son to my husband and he had to walk the baby to the nursery. And it took him like probably 10 minutes because he'd take a step and he'd stop and he'd he stop. And then, you know, the second one comes along, our daughter, you know, he just picked her up, swooped her off to the nursery, you know, did all of those things. And, and it's kind of similar when, you know, you, you write your second book. It's like that second child. It's like, okay, this is a breeze compared to the first one. That's good to know. Because... Uh, that, that's very good to know. And I kind of look at it with our kids and I've got our first one, we get, you know, meals for them and we're really careful with it. Now, you know, they're all busy. We have, you know, what, what's for dinner tonight? It's adoption, Mike. Meaning go in the kitchen to get your own food. <laughs> <laughs> Every person for himself and just whatever works out, but it's completely different. So that's, that's helpful to think about. That. I do have uh, probably two more books that are that is awesome. So, Joe, if people have enjoyed today's conversation and they want to connect with you, what's the do that? Uh, well, first, if you want to that earning piece, go to convert. Uh, put it in the, uh, the chat or the, the um, and then uh, otherwise they can go to uh, sellnothing.co. That's my website, and you can book a, or go, go to book a call with Joe, and you can go right into my calendar and set up a time. So. ConvertSalesFaster.com, book a call with Joe, or go to sellnothing.co, couldn't afford the M.com. So it's a 
<laughs> uh, a Bitcoin company bought sell nothing. So it was like five to 15,000 for the M. Uh, so it's sell nothing.co and you can with me on there. Yeah, we can have a whole conversation about domains on that one, but <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Joe. This has been a wonderful conversation. I have enjoyed it immensely. And to you, the listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Don't forget to go to amazon.com.ca, grab my book, Author to Authority. You will find it by searching Author to Authority Kim or Author to Authority Volume 1. For some reason, if you put authority, you will not find Amazon. There you go. Anyway, have a great day, everyone, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now.